Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom with someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation of what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Now, today's guest is Dr. Bindu Babu. Now, people... She's an MD, PhD, doctor, doctor. She's doing it. We're going to be talking about coaching, uh, what she does. How does coaching help you elevate to, to you to get to live your best life, to you to get to the next level? What kind of questions does she ask? What is her process? How can you live that life that you don't have to get a vacation from? So I'm excited to have Dr. Uh, been due to come on drop some gems we've had a nice conversation prior to me hitting record and so people are you ready so for those who be listening on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, simplecast stitcher simplecast and spotify will you please introduce yourself dr bendu hi thank you for having me it's it's an honor and a pleasure um i'm excited i'm looking forward to hearing all the questions you have for me Awesome, awesome. Now, I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. I know if you would have told me, ask me, even at 20 years old, what I would be doing, what I'm doing now, I would have never even conceived of it. What did you think you would be doing when you were growing up, and what actually drew you to entrepreneurship? Well, um, I, always, I always wanted to do medicine. I think it's a cultural thing too. It's my mother was a nurse, my mother, and she's retired. And I always wanted to do medicine. It's it's something that our families want us to do. And coming from an Indian background, and I liked medicine, and I went into medicine, and that's what I did. And um, afterwards, I realized that I was just picking up things that didn't make sense to me. You know, I knew I was very intuitive. And I just kind of looked very left brain. Everything had to be science. I had to be, it had to be proven to me. I had to see it. It had to be tangible. But then I realized there was like a lot more. I mean, mm. it wasn't until I read this book by Dr. Brian Weiss. He's also an MD, a Yale Medical School graduate. He was the chairman of psychiatry for Miami-Dade Hospital back in the 80s. And he did hypnotherapy on his patients and he tapped into their past lives. So this was something like very taboo and something different and i was so curious how an md could be interested in something like this and he did his research in over 10 to 15 years and he finally came out with this book and he's done some amazing amazing healing work um he's traveled all over the world him and his wife he's been on oprah and deepak chopra and he's done all this thing and i it really kind of set my trend of understanding that medicine isn't just drugs and allopathic there is a whole holistic eastern side of preventative medicine and other things that i felt more tuned to um and i decided to chase after him and i became a past life regression therapist and then i started my journey with reiki which is energy work and life coaching and i became certified in life coaching and i did my doctorate in natural medicine and then after i did my phd in integrated medicine so now i do a lot of coaching work and it wasn't meant to be something of um, business 
minded. That wasn't my purpose. It was more of finding my passion and also going through my own healing process. Um, and the reason why was, you know, we all grow up thinking this is our goals, right? Like we get educated and then after getting educated, you, you know, start your job. And for me it was medicine. Then after that you buy a house and then you get married and you have children and you grow old. Like these are goals. Um, for me, my marriage almost destroyed me and I wasn't expecting that. And I was in a very uh, toxic relationship, which a narcissist and I didn't even know what hit me. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a physician. And I couldn't understand where this was coming from. And I thought it was all me. And mm. I lost my whole soul practically. And only people who are in narcissistic relationships can understand exactly what I'm talking about. It's very hard for a person outside of it to understand this. I mean, there's so much material and work and counseling and therapists out there, but inner healing was another story. I mean, all the drug Xanax and, and, and the antidepressants and the anti, you know, all these medications, they don't heal you. They never do. They just kind of ease things for you, but they're mm. not healing medications. You have to heal yourself. And that was when I went into my journey and I started working with other people and it just came about with that really, you know, you can really have a purpose and, you know, I'm, I'm a living Testament, you know, I'm a mom of four and I raised my kids and, and I, I wanted to heal and I'm a whole person. And if I can do it, I can teach others to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. So and in, in giving your story, how, when an individual spends the time you spent in going to medical school and graduating from medical school, right? So law school, whatever they've done, and you've went to that space you thought you were supposed to go to. You had dreams of, I'm going to be here. And then you get there, and instead of there being that joy you're like eh. <laughs> how did you at that point find meaning someone else somewhere else because for me I, I don't know what i would do you know to work so hard for something and you finally get it and it's not what you expected. It's not what you wanted. In fact, you get it. You're like, I don't even want this. But you've spent all the money, right? Or you took out the loans for it. And you're here. And it's like, what do I do now? You know, do, do, I can't do anything else. I mean, my gosh, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. Uh, I'm an engineer. What, how, how, did, how did you find a greater purpose after what you thought you wanted didn't materialize the way you wanted to? And how do people make that switch when they have wrapped so many of their dreams into something that once they got it, it didn't fulfill them? Well, one thing is you fulfilled what you wanted. You fulfilled your goals. You attained it. So it's not anything of a failure, right? You attain something and you have to understand something. Me, I'm a spiritual person. 
I believe that everything that's happened in my life is for a purpose. And I was open to understand that. Mm. And I knew, you know, if you believe in God or if you believe in spiritual or universe or whatever you want to call it, there is a reason why you're put in this place. Why did I happen to feel this way and not the person next to me? And I never looked at it as, oh, I did this and how am I going to change from it? I did this and I'm like, I'm going to grow bigger. I'm beyond that. So medicine was important to me. If I didn't know medicine, I wouldn't understand what I know today, right? You need a basis. So what I did was I grew with the basis and I expanded it into a different sect, right? I didn't leave it, you know, but I'm not practicing, no. And I don't want to, I like what I do, you know, and I want it, I followed my passion. So for anybody out there who, okay, if you're an attorney, and you feel like, okay, I'm an attorney and I did it, but this is not exactly what I wanted to do. I mean, anybody who did law or anyone who did medicine or engineering, you had to like it somewhere to continue and finish it. Otherwise you wouldn't. There's no way that you can tell me I hate this. Maybe you don't like the way it's being applied, the education you learn, but you like the concept, you like the base of it, but maybe you just don't like doing that way of I don't know, being attorney, maybe you don't like criminal law, or maybe you don't like tech, maybe you can utilize that and do something else. Mm. And what I meant as life purpose is what many of us is, we like to give, right? We like to help, we like to see some purpose or achievement in other people and making them happy makes you happy, right? There, there's got to be some basis there. So let's say you're an attorney, put some time into humanitarian work. There's a lot of people who are maybe domestic violence, you know, people who can't afford things. There's ways that you can make an organization. Think big. You know, don't, don't, don't be just stuck. Well, you know what? This is not what I want. And I'm not sure. And well, I'm stuck. No, grow yourself. You are limitless in life. Mm. It's, this is not just for, you know, the Jennifer Lopez's or, you know, the big, you know, Robert Kardashian. You know, you can do anything. They all just started from the bottom and grew themselves up. So can you. You're not any different, right? It's your mind, you know, mm. and that's where my coaching works with people. Like whether you want to change your career, whether you're not fulfilled, whether you're in an abusive relationship, whether you can conquer everything with your mind and being more connected with your inner being. And that's where meditation comes, right? You learn to trust your gut, you know, and feel yourself connected and you're going to follow your path. So follow your heart, follow your passion, you know, be smart about it. You know, branch out whatever you're being. I'm not saying, oh, leave attorney and now work somewhere else. I mean, you may regret that later too, but build yourself and grow. You know, do some work on the side. Look, I mean, being honest with you, you're an educator, but look, you're following your podcast. You're helping millions of people who are listening to branch out and see. So you're finding your passion in there too, which is fulfilling. So that's what I'm saying. We got to find our passion and move forward. Yeah. Awesome. So you became a quantum-based transformational life coach. What motiv motivated you to switch gears? I know you mentioned earlier in your introduction that sort of nugget of inspiration that hit you from that doctor and, and going that research, but something had to, to, to make you go, aha, this is my life path. And what actually attracted you to the field of coaching? So I think in a, um, all right, how about this? In a scientific level, right? 
I'm gonna start really quick with, I always wondered about the placebo effect. Are you familiar with the placebo effect? Yep. Right, if you put five people on a blood pressure medicine and you tell, and you put five people on a sugar medicine and tell them it's blood pressure medicine, for some reason, those people's blood pressure stabilizes. And if you ask any scientist, they don't have a reasoning for this. They just call it the placebo effect. The placebo, anywhere you go, oh, it's the placebo effect. Oh, and they chub it off. And you're just like, wait, but there's something behind it. And what? Your mind has the ability to heal. Your energy of your mind, the energy of your body has an ability to heal. Your mind can conduct so many things. And that's, so now with Harvard research, and there's so many research out there that proves this, you know, meditation is a huge key in healing. It's the power of your mind. So that, in a scientific level, that really stimulated my mind, where I was like, okay, we have the ability to heal. We have an ability to be happy. We have an ability to attain so many things in our lives, right? And I think in a purpose of my personal life, I did not know how to heal myself. You can go to 100 people. First of all, it's many of us don't even want to go to a, a therapist, right? We're like, I have my friends, they're my therapists. We, let, we come from that kind of a background. Like when you think of a therapist, you know, am I crazy? There's all sorts of taboo behind it right? But then you're just like, okay, maybe I do need help. But it's not really, this is not a field where, for me, I, I, I needed something to understand that of the healing of within, you know, and learning what were my flaws or what were my issues of within myself that I needed to love myself more and teach. And I wish somebody was there during that time to teach me what I know today it would have saved me a lot of trouble and suffering, you know. And that was when I was like, okay, and then I learned other people who've been in my boat other women other men who have been in the same circumstances and they couldn't even understand what was going on you know and there's still so many people who are not healed they're just bitter angry they can't live and i was like this is something i need to do i need to give people the vision that i learned and that's how i started specializing myself to that you know fine-tune what i knew mm -hmm. so for someone who They've seen it around, whether it's on social media, they've heard it on the news, or maybe it, it's come up in a in a recommendation from YouTube, you know, such and such as a life coach. What exactly is a life coach? And what is the purpose of coaching versus you just mentioned earlier, you actually seeking out therapy? So <clears throat> the way I work as a life coach is, and I think most life coaches do, we cannot fix the past, okay? We can't go back in the past. We can learn from the past, but we can't fix the past. So as a coach, I don't fix the past, okay? What I do is I said, hey, this is what we are today. What are your goals to move for? What is it you want to achieve? And then I direct you how to achieve. Yes, do we go in a little deep where I'm like, well, why do you think this way? Is it something of some insecurity or some childhood issue or something that, yeah, we may dwell on it, but I don't sit there and I go into the whole inner child behavioral things that a psychiatrist or a specialist, a therapist would go into. Therapists 
psychiatrists, they go more into the depth of things. And I don't deal with that. Like whether it's bipolar or severe mental depression and things like that. I am a person who works with a therapist to move forward. But therapies and psychiatry, they go more depth of inner child or inner behaviors or real severe mental issues, which I don't do. I'm here with people who may have some problem. We all have baggage, right? Everybody has baggage. Your neighbor has, there's nobody here who hasn't had a little trauma in their life. Sure, I can work with you and let's do some mindset reprogramming, what we can do to make a more positive impact in life and change your thinking to move forward. But therapy is a little bit more in-depth and that's not the people I work with. So describe the coaching process and what makes someone a great coach? Well, to be a good coach, you have to be you. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm very down to earth. Like I don't sugarcoat anything. Um, I make you think. I don't hand feed you or, you know, spoon feed you. I sit there and I sit and I use your own words. I mean, this is how I work. So when you're telling me something and I hear those words, I'm like, did you just hear yourself? That means you're saying that because of this. And then you have those eureka moments. Like, and then I say, well, why are you thinking this way? And let's, let's revisit this and understand this. And I think maybe there's a little forgiveness that's needed here because you're still really bitter about something. Mm. And then I give you tools. How do you do that? How do you forgive? How do you let go? How do you love yourself? There's tools that we implement, but it's all about you. It's really your work. And I'm here to show you the tools and the guidance and steer you that way and, and implement that inside you where you start seeing it in your daily life and you start changing things and you start viewing things and you understand, you know? So that it's, these are the tools that are given for abundance. You know, how do you manifest your life? How do you move forward? How do you get your life purpose? How to be just simply happy? You know, everyone says you have to work so hard to really achieve things to life. You have to be disciplined, but you don't have to work so hard. Be disciplined, be smart, be positive. Things fall in your place. That's how the universe works, you know. So how do do you hold someone accountable, right? So when someone comes to you and they say, I feel like I'm in a rut. I'm stuck here. I've been either in consecutive relationships that weren't fulfilling or I'm at a job and it's okay. You know, maybe I'm making great money, but I'm not excited. How how do you hold them accountable to do the work? So when you're talking to them and maybe you're, you're questioning them or you're rolling out this plan, how do you hold them accountable for them to actually do the work so that they can see the success they want to have? Well, for example, what you just said, if they're coming to me and they're saying, I've been in different relationships and they're not fulfilling me, I would catch them right there and say, relationships are supposed to fulfill you? No. Relationships are supposed to be part of you. You have to fulfill yourself. Mm. Relationships are supposed to mean, and, 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 and it's, it's so, um, everybody has that lovey-dovey Disney thing, oh, you complete me. No, 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 nobody completes you. Only you complete yourself. 
you are supposed to complement each other. So first let's learn about complimenting. What does that mean to you, right? If you're with somebody and you have a void and you're expecting that person to fill your void, you just set yourself up for misery. And that's why you're gonna keep going from relationship because you're seeking for that filling up the void, that fulfillment. So of course you're gonna have continuous unfulfilled quote unquote relationships. That means you're not fulfilled inside. So let's work on fulfilling you. And then your viewpoint will be different in what you're looking for in a person. And that's how you work with people because it's not me holding you accountable you yourself is going to realize because it makes sense. And we pick through that and you're going to hold yourself accountable. It's not that difficult when you understand things, right? When clarity mm. comes to you. So that's what I do. You know, it's, I don't hold anyone accountable. I'm not a jailkeeper. I'm here to make you the best that you can and support you through it. And you're going to do it. It just makes sense. There's things sometimes in life we don't see things. We think we know everything, and we most probably do, but sometimes we may miss things that are so simple that changes your whole world and your outlook. And that alone can be so profound to bring you happiness. Mm. <clears throat> so what do you specialize in? My specialty is working with narcissistic abusive relationship victims. Uh, anyone who's been in toxic, abusive relationships with a narcissist, because that can be extremely soul-wrenching. Um, most of them uh, don't even know what even hit them. They can't understand where they are. And it's, it has a lot to do with the codependent behavior or some, again, the fulfillment that we were just talking about. Um, and I really help these people overcome it and find their life again and moving forward. And I'm actually, um, I have a book that's coming out next month um, my soul, my love, my narcissist. And with that, it's going to, it's been, it's been a three year process actually with that book. Wow. <laughs> it's been pretty busy. So I've been trying, but I finally got it and I'm looking forward of, you know, helping as many people as I can with that, you know? Hmm. <clears throat> now, is there a way, and I'm trying, I'm, now how do I ask this question? Each of us, I believe, have a, a core sort of personality, a core way of being, a core way of seeing the world outside of what we may have grown up with or have seen in society. As my belief, could be wrong. But when you, you sort of mentioned, let's say codependency, for, for example, or some people, you hear the word, oh, so-and-so is too clingy, right? Now, there's this book out, and someone brought this to my attention because I had them on the show. And they were talking about how people have sort of like different love languages, Fine. right? Languages, yeah. And... That person who may be, someone may say, oh, you too clingy, but that person's love language may be, I like being with you. I like spending time with you. And when you don't want to spend time with me or you're not wanting to be around with me, I have an issue, 
right? Something, this thing isn't working for me. I'm trying to sort of understand when you take that into, into account and you're working with people, if people, do you get them to sort of realize that about themselves to the point of where they actually will say, oh, then I need to be with someone who reciprocates that feeling or has that, some, that same language or I'm just trying to figure out like for, for like if your core personality is this mm-hmm. and that's how you see the world and that's how you feel that's how you feel your best when this these this relationship happens or you feel connected with someone but you may deal with people that that's not for them. Like they don't like that. They feel like they're being smothered or or sucked in or something. Got it. You see what I'm saying? Like, how, how does that person see themselves in a way where when they move when they're moving forward, they're looking for someone who feels the way they feel or see the world they feel or who whose core matches their core i don't know if i'm making any sense but that's what that's what i'm thinking about i do understand what you're saying okay. like i i got it <clears throat> what what you're basing this on is the five love languages yes so i'll give an example and, and you tell me if i understand you right if a person is a person who shows love with physical like hugging you and holding you and and um always want to sit next to you and need you around you right they that's the way they show physical love, right? I mean, they show what love is. For them, love equates to how much you hug them and how much you hold them and how much you sit on their lap or whatever it may be, right? Mm -hmm. And for them, that's how they see love. So they give love like that and they expect to receive love like that, Mm -hmm. right? That's one type. And then you have the person who doesn't like anyone touching them, being around with them or anything, but maybe the way they show love would be feeding the person, cooking all the time and being like, you want to eat? Do you want to eat? Let me look. I made you the best thing. And I did this and I did that. And look, this isn't your favorite cookies. And that's the way they show love, like doing things for them, like chores or, you know, mopping and look, I did this. And they may not even verbalize it, but let's say, oh, you know what? I'm going to iron his shirt and keep it in there for him. And that's mm-hmm. how he should, and maybe they don't hug you, right? That's not their way, right? So you're asking me, how do these two people, if they don't work out, either if they separate, can they move forward with, find someone with the same characteristics? Is that what I'm asking? Yes. Like, how do they understand, like, this is who they are? And that instead of them, and be aware of it to the point of when they're seeking new connections, whether it be friends or romantic, that certain people would it be best for them to avoid or not to be in those relationships with because those individuals are not going to see the world the same way they do and are not going to reciprocate the same the same way so that they will continue to sort of be in that sort of trolley because if they're expecting this to come back it's not coming back from certain people Well, see, first of all, it depends, okay? Like, 
<clears throat> it's all about priority. And that's the most important thing. I believe, for example, when I work with couples, and I'm not an advocate of divorce, the only time I feel like that's something is when you completely disrespect somebody continuously, either physically, mentally, or so forth, right? But when you love somebody and you care, we all grow up with different backgrounds and cultures of what we think love is or what how we show love is. And when we grow up that way, that's what we think love is and that's what we want, right? To feel loved. So once there's an understanding between two people, let's say you both are fabulous people, everything is great, you make your money, you have you can connect your eyes and tease the same way, but yet stop hugging me because I don't like it. <laughs> you know? Or get out of my face, you're too much, you know, sitting, you have to sit next to me this much. Or, or at the same time, the other person would be like, well, can you just stop ironing my clothes? I'm a grown adult, I can do my own. And there's gonna be a friction, right? But the problem here is both parties don't understand that it's not that you're doing clingy or it's not that you're doing a favor. It, this is the only way they know how to show love. So once both parties understand, hey, you know what? She might have grown up her whole life where her mother was ironing her clothes for her and feeding her the whole time the best, but just never hugged her. But she looks, translates that. And when, the, let's say, the man who wants to hug all the time, if she can understand all he's gotten was hugs, hugs, hugs all his life and he felt secure with it and that's what he's doing, then once you understand that it's not the problem, mm -hmm. you know? See, what happens here is if the man who loves to hug doesn't get the hug back, this is where the friction comes. Oh, she doesn't love me, right? Meanwhile, she's getting annoyed being hugged. But the worst problem is when you don't feel loved, it's the worst friction, right? And vice versa. Oh, he's not making me my cookies or whatever. So once there's an understanding that the bottom line is, look, I am showing you love. Maybe you don't like it. And vice versa, it's easy to curtail that. Mm. Because now you're understanding, oh, she doesn't know better. She's going to constantly make me like 5,000 cookies and get me fat. I just need to tell her, listen, honey, I know you love me. Take it down a notch because I'm not, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. But now I understand that you are showing me your love. It's not that I don't appreciate that you're making me cookies, right? And vice versa. Listen, I know you love me so much and you're smothering me but take it down a notch because I know you love me and I love you too, but you got to give me a little space. And when people make that communication and understanding that this is not because I'm disrespecting you or I'm taking overtaking your boundaries and I am just trying to show you love and this is not what you like, you can easily separate and pull back and not hug as much. You know, and mm. communicate and say, there's a time for it, right? There's a time and place. Like if you're in a movie theater, of course, you're going to be sitting next to each other, you know, but give each other space and learn each other's love language. That's why you learn. That's the word. Learn each other's love language. Learn to hear and listen to what that person is expecting. This is not someone trying to stab your heart. It's just they're not used to it. And then you can respect each other because when you do love that person so much, 
you will respect their boundary. You will automatically be like, okay, she doesn't like me smothering her. Because a lot of times you smother because you want to show love because you want to make them feel love, right? So now you're like, oh, she knows I love her. So you pull back. And that's how you respect. So necessarily, it's not too much about finding somebody who, I mean, yes, if you both find each other, you know, find another person who hugs as much as you do, then great. You can <laughs> go on hugging yourself the whole time. <laughs> Don't go to work and just sit on each other's lap. Great. I mean, it's ideal. But <laughs> It's okay if you don't too, you know, and mm. and I believe anybody who truly loves and respects each other can work out. It's just a lack of communication, really. You know, I, I truly believe that. I've seen it with the work I do, and I see it with other people. When you really love each other, a lot of times that anger always comes out because of insecurity, or you're just not used to that person's habits. And if you can understand that and find a middle ground, it'll work out. Mm. Okay. That was a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still, you know, sort of trying to, I heard what you said. And I'm still sort of wrapping my head around it, you know, because like for me personally, I can respect you may see life differently than I am, than I do. You may be different from who I am in terms of your core. But if what I need, and maybe I'm just crazy because you just said earlier that as an individual, you need to be this one core whole self. Uh, <laughs> But if I am a person who is like, wow, nothing brings me greater joy than being around you, right? I just love, ooh, it's my joy right there, you know. I don't care if it's at the grocery store or what have you. I am just sky nine, right? But we, but if you say, oh, ooh, mm -mm. I go to the grocery store by myself. Like, you know, at, at some point, you know, we don't need to be around each other every day, you know, not every day, but all the time. We don't need to be this. Ooh, ooh, ooh. To me, that would be like, oh my, that would jolt me into a situation of like, hey, I'm not getting what I'm needing here. And I'm wondering when you, Would that be, is that healthy, right? Is that healthy for the individual to be with someone whose core does not align with yours? Well, you have to ask yourself, if you love that person and you want to go grocery shopping and they're asking, listen, I just need my time to myself. Does that mean they're trying to hurt you because they don't want to be around you? Not really. Right? They just want some space and that's their time. And that's some understanding that you kind of have to take because relationships take work. It's not always la da 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 da, you know, it's unicorns, ice cream. No, you, you have to work. So you have to give that space. But at the same time, you kind of have to also communicate and be like, all right, I got you. You know, go for your groceries. Maybe after you come back, we can watch a movie together. 
because I would like to spend some time with you. Because it isn't healthy if you want to sit together 24 hours and go grocery shopping, then after that, go to car shopping, then after that, do your nails together. I mean, it's, you know, you don't, you don't, you have to have your individual space. As long as you understand that I enjoy the time with my partner, but in a healthy way where I have time for myself and don't translate that as lack of love, you know, translate that as we all need a healthy space. And maybe that's just something she wants to do on her own. She likes to do grocery shop because she's looking at the tomato and then you're yapping away and she's not connecting there. You know, everybody's got their thing, you know, but that's where you kind of have to be like, okay, this is what she's going to do. That's not her core. And, but I need to fulfill my core. So can we do something? Can, you know, I feel like I want to spend time with you. Let's, let's make another plan. Where, and, and that person has to give too. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be an understanding. Oh, my partner is a physical person. He always wants to hang out with me. And you know what? Let me do, let's do this. Let's go for dinner and go for a walk after and spend some time. But just leave me alone with my groceries. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it i mean you got to find you know but of course if that person is 24 hours no get away get away go to, i mean does not spend time with you then yeah you there's some talking that needs to be done but there has to be a give and take hey, hey again again you know i'm not my field of expertise i'm just trying to listen and process yeah. Um, so when you are working with your clients, what sort of questions do you ask? Well, it's interesting because when I work, when I first start my client, I, I have to have a discovery session and I have to see if me and you gel. Um, if we don't and if I don't see that this is a person who's gonna really do some work, I can tell. I generally do not, I don't take on everybody because I give my full 100% into someone. And if I know I'm not gonna help them or they're not gonna help, this is just not worth, worth it for me. Um, so when during our discovery session and I see, okay, this is something we can work with and I can see there's some connections going on here and then I'll be like, okay, let's move forward. So usually we have three goals. And then as each session, something will come out, we go with the flow and then you get the tools and okay, we're gonna work on this this week. And then next week, what did you do and why? And it just goes, it just goes into a, a transition. Each person is different, right? Each person has their own things and issues or you know, goals and every person is individual. And you, mm -hmm. but the flow just comes, you know, which is nice. And does that relationship end? Like, do you set an expiration date for that? Like, you know, some people can be in therapy for years. Right. Right. And again, I'm not my field. Uh, and I'm wondering when you're being a life coach with someone, is there in your mind, a deadline or do you speak to them about you know this is where we we started in here and this is where we want to be to get you where you need to be and you sort of 
create an exit plan for that to happen or does it take as long as it as it takes or you, you know i mean i guess i'm trying to yeah yes so i'm asking you is there a plan for this to be uh, for something for their goals to be accomplished or is it just a process of it takes as long as it takes and if it takes a year it takes a year no um it doesn't it i can't tell you right off the bat how long it's going to take hmm. that's for sure because you may come to me today and say this and then you might something might have happened that made you sad or something might have triggered where i couldn't do this today but i did it this time or there are situations like that but there's no years here between me and the client no it, because I'm not here for talk therapy. You know, that's why I said I'm not a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to listen to your stories or your daily life. And we have goals and we work towards that goals. And sometimes it may take one or two years. Sometimes it takes two, like I have packages. So you have to see me either eight or 12, you know? So sometimes it takes like about 12 sessions. Sometimes it takes maybe 24 sessions. It all depends. And sometimes it just takes eight. They got what they needed and they got themselves set. I have plenty of clients like that, which is nice. I feel like, oh, good. I got them kick-started and boom. And then sometimes they come back to me for something else that they want to deal with or they're trying to understand. And I and it might be like a year and a half later and then they come back for that. Or there's different goals that people feel and they feel like, you know what? This is faster for me to do this, you know, as opposed to going for therapy and trying to dig deep or something. It all depends on people's needs. But no, I don't, I don't do the whole years and years. Of, I'm not a therapist. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with the people that you work with, you know, I know you, you give them a plan and they have to do the work themselves. But in, in them doing that work, how do they do it, right? Like, you know how sometimes you can say, hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, or, but some people just don't, they don't. I'm a different individual when I work, I, like I work with teachers, some, you know, with my job. And there are certain things that I will, in my mind, I'm thinking you do the work. And it's not a negative against them, but it's more so like if we have the discussions and, and sometimes like I will tell them that <clears throat> I will spend my own money to go to a conference. I will spend my own money to buy a device that I know will help me be better at not only doing my job today, but my job tomorrow whether it's with the district or somewhere else i invest in myself because for me doing the work is for me is important because there's some you know what i'm saying like i'm trying to do something but some people when you talk to them about doing the work the work itself becomes an obstacle right all right so in working with someone where that may be the case, how do you question them or nudge them to understand that the work is the work 
Like you, without the work, you won't see what you want to see. Well, <clears throat> people who come to me generally want change. You know, they're taking that first step in investing their time and money to have me on board with them. So majority of them already put that mindset that this has to work. I want this to work. They want to achieve something, right? Second, I say right off the bat, this is a combination effort of both of us. I can give you this, you have to do it. And the longer you don't do it, the longer you don't reach where you have to go. But most of my clients, I mean, almost, I'll tell you really, all my clients who've come to me that I've taken on are people who are driven to do the work. Yes, sometimes when you get stuck, they get a little slow down, they get a little antsy, but they all do it. And I always tell them, don't do it half because it's not mm. going to work. If you're mm. not ready, give it another week. We're in communication. Give it another week. Give it another one and a half weeks. But don't do it like half and then, eh, no, because it's not going to work. You're wasting your time. You're, wa you're wasting your money. You're wasting your energy. Like I told you, I don't sugarcoat. So if you're, you're putting down so much effort, time, and you have to do it. Otherwise, it's not going to change. It won't, right? People are coming because they want to change. So this is what you got to do to change. And I think that concept is so real that they do it, you know? And I understand what you mean. Like there's certain people who aren't, you know, motivated or driven to do it. But generally people who come to me and they, they say, they pick up the phone and hey, said, listen, I heard about you and I want to change. Those are people who are driven and they need me to push them. Mm. and give them the tools they want to do it right you know they've tried their ways they've tried maybe youtube or whatever they've done you know and they really are like right here you know but technically they're not really right there so that's where i pull it out you know like the way you the, what was the word you said before uh, fulfillment mm -hmm. you don't even realize it right it's, it's coming out like oh, that and then i'm like no <laughs> and then i pull it out so things like that and that's when they're like, okay, this is making sense. I need to do these things. Otherwise, there's no way out. And they'll do it. And they'll change. And I, I see beautiful results. And I feel really happy for them. And it's great. And we have great relationships after that. Some of them mostly come to me even after that, maybe once a month or every two, three months. And they do a lot of meditation with me and things. So it's good. <clears throat> so before we go, and my audience, they're educators, uh, what is your call to action to that educator who is, they're feeling restless and they can't seem to figure out why? I'll tell you something. In today's society and our goal-driven life, you're going to be restless, you know? It, it's, you know, everything is a goal. You have to reach here, you have to reach this deadline, you have to get this, you have bills, you have all sorts of things. And my biggest, biggest, biggest thing is meditation. You won't believe how powerful meditation is. It mm. completely gets you grounded. You know, it's that little voice inside your head that we never listen to. <laughs> that voice is something you're gonna follow, even if it sounds illogical. 
and that really grounds you because you're like, wow, you know what? Life still goes on. You know, life is meant to, you know, sometimes people, how many people have driven from their home to work or somewhere and they don't even remember what was on the road. They don't remember how they got there. You know, you reach the point B and, and you're like, oh, I don't remember even how I drove here because your mind is thinking about 5,000 other things. Mm. You really have to be mindful. You kind of like, you know, follow the road and take your peace and, and embrace your moments within yourself. You know, we, we're not meant to be like this. This is society, culture, things, you know, that we're going through. So grounding yourself when you're is really meditation really helps. Be confident in who you are. Love yourself. You know, life is short. You know, we don't know if we have tomorrow. So it's important to, you know, have a lot of self-love and self-care. Mm. Excellent. So how can people work with you? Um, they can reach me on my website, you know, uh, www.bindubabu.com, my full name. Or they can call me, 646-580-2176. Google me, find me, and I'm at your service to help you. If you're willing to get helped, then help yourself as well, you know? That's all right. So thank you for coming on the show, Doc. Thank you for having me. This is great. All right. Now, you know, this has been a different interview uh, for me and to ask you questions because, you know, I'm trying to process everything you were saying. I said, oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Want to know a little more. So I don't know. I quite ask the questions in the, in the best way, but uh, I learned a lot and I thank you for, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to leave this show. I'm going to still be thinking, uh, but, but I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad you came on and shared your gems. Thank you. Thank you for having it. it it was, it's a real pleasure. I love the questions. I love, it was great. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Now people, you know how I do this. This episode will be on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe, leave your comments, share it. The stars are great, but Hey, can a brother get some reviews and some comments? Cause I'm trying to be found and I'm trying to get Oprah on the show. And I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Bindu Babu, for coming on. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.